welcome to 143 Pixels. I'm Bill, and we're here to talk about games we love. Each episode, I bring a friend, and that friend brings a game this week. My friend is Chris Wisdom, and the game they brought is Earthbound for Super Nintendo. I met Chris last year when I guested on Breaking the Panel, a comic book slash TV slash movie uh, show of which belongs to the Giant Size Team Up Network, which this show is part of. Uh, If you want to know more about the other shows on the network, make sure you head on over to um, gstu.net. With that being said, I ended up uh, having many awesome discussions with Chris about TV and movies and stuff, and I, I never really talked to him about games. So when I found out that he was a big fan of old games... Uh, when when we met at DragonCon, I definitely wanted to have him on this show. Uh, we sat together on a panel about all things Nintendo, and we uh, had uh, probably around a hundred or so people in the audience asking us questions about, you know, Nintendo games and games from our childhood and our favorite video game music and and how we uh, kind of impart playing games with our kids, uh, how we pass on the torch of this pastime of video games to our kids. And uh, he was just really, really great on that panel. I wish that we had audio from that panel, but it was in a room where they weren't recording anything. Uh, but but Chris is an awesome guy, and he's very, very passionate about just about everything that he does. Uh, I highly recommend that you follow him on uh, Twitter, um, Instagram, and Facebook, and and all of those places, it's at In All Things Wisdom. That's four words, In All Things Wisdom. And he's also going to be having a Twitch channel as well very soon. Now, you can also find him every single week on Breaking the Panel, which is part of GSTU. And uh, he's just a really, really nice guy. And we had a really fun conversation talking about Earthbound, which I have played like the beginning of a couple times, but it's never really hooked me. And if I ever get like more than six seconds to sit down and, and try playing a really old game, this is definitely one of those games that I'm going to be trying out. With all of that being said, we'll hear a quick advertisement. And when we come back, it's time for Earthbound. Help for Wonder can save the planet from hideous destruction. Venture through eight mysterious levels to gain power and put an end to the interstellar threat. Beware. The ultimate test is the encounter with the powerful guidance. Nintendo. Earthbound for the Super Nintendo was released originally on August 27th, 1994. It was developed by Ape and HAL Laboratories, and it was published by Nintendo. It originally came out on the Super Nintendo. It was also re-released on the new Nintendo 3DS as well as the Wii U. The game is a traditional role-playing game in a very non-traditional setting, which we'll talk about in a little bit. It's played from a bird's eye view and has 2D art kind of based on anime and manga. Uh, It has a turn-based combat system 
And I guess I would say that the setting is, I wouldn't say fantasy. I would say it's more real world, but with sci-fi stuff put into it. And overall, if I were to describe this game as one thing, I guess it would be like comedy. Let's take a look at the back of the box. The back of the box says, Giga's Invasion, Bizarre Aliens Roam the Earth. Intergalactic Terror Strikes the Small Town of Onnit as a blazing extraterrestrial object crashes in the night. The Earth now faces imminent destruction by the universal evil threat known as the Gegas. Armed with the cracked baseball bat, a cookie, and an ATM card, a courageous boy named Ness vows to save the planet from hideous destruction. He must first find his heroic companions, Paula, Jeff, and Pooh, that's right, I said Pooh, uh, along the way to eight mysterious places called Your Sanctuary. In order to gain power and put an end to the interstellar threat, the citizens of Onnit lend their support by providing high-tech gadgets, robotic time machines, and wacky stories about how strange life has become. Lurking aliens and inexplicable phenomena are, re- are being reported throughout the countryside. Our four wonder kids band together with innovation, psychic powers, and resourceful weapons. Will Ness succeed in his attempts to ambush countless frightening monsters as he travels? The ultimate test lies in the impending encounter with the all-powerful Gaigas. The game includes a fantastic modern world setting with sci-fi twists where psychic powers rule. You can battle hundreds of off-the-world monsters, roaming dinosaurs, and alien enemies. Journey to exotic locations like Stonehenge, Deep Darkness, and Saturn Valley. Battery-backed memory saves your extraordinary progress of the young heroes. And of course, find your friends along the way. They are vital to the survival of the universe. A little bit of trivia about the game. Uh, the, the cartridge actually has built-in copy protection. And this uh, this I found hilarious. With nasty effects for pirates. Basically, if you had a hacked version of the game, which would bypass the first layer of copy protection, well, what that would do is it would prevent the game from starting. If you, can, if you bypass that first uh, layer of protection and you can still play the game... What they did is they increased the number of random encounters in the game world. So you have to fight things way more often. And if you somehow overcome that hurdle (laughs) during the final battle, the game will freeze and delete all save games. I find that to be absolutely hilarious and just a little bit evil, but for the right reasons, I guess. I think that's just hilarious. Uh, the game was received very well in Japan, but in, in the United States, it was not received very well at all. It only sold 140,000 copies, which is roughly half of what it sold in Japan. And the thing that people have to understand is that the Japanese market is a much, much smaller market than the U.S. market. So for Japan to outsell the United States by doubling it, basically. That is very, very impressive for Japan and very bad for the US um, the US version. And that's probably why Mother 3 never actually got over here. By the way, I guess I should have talked about this at the beginning. The, um, Earthbound is actually 
Mother 2. In Japan, the series is called Mother, and there's Mother 1, Mother 2, and Mother 3. Earthbound is Mother 2, and um, eventually Earthbound Beginnings, which is a remake of Earthbound, uh, I'm sorry, of Mother 1, came over to the U.S. as well, but we've never had Mother 3 here over in the in the States. Uh, of the original reviewers, Nicholas Dean DeBar uh, of Die Hard Game Fan, he said that Earthbound was not as impressive as Final Fantasy III, but it was just as fun. He said that the game was, was very, very funny, and he also said that the game completely defied his first impressions. He said, past the graphics, which were supposed to be 8-bit for nostalgia, the game is not an entry-level or a child's RPG, but a highly intelligent and captivating game. The Brazilian Super, super Game Power explained that those expecting a D&D style RPG will be disappointed by the childish visuals, which are unlike any other 16-bit game. They also said that the American humor was too mature and the gameplay was too immature as if for beginners. So it just, it didn't really land well over here. And that's probably why we've never seen Mother 3 uh, over here in the States, even though people have been clamoring for it for a very long time. All right, with all that being said, I'm going to play a quick clip of uh, Mr. Sh um, uh, oh gosh, Mr. Satoru Iwata uh, talking about Mother 3 at GDC. I believe it was in 2005. Then we'll hear the beginning of the game and then my interview with Chris. I'll see you all on the other side. We worked with the famous Japanese creator, Shigesato Itoi, who was already an avid gamer himself to develop his first idea for a game. That series called Mother in Japan and released here in America as Earthbound proved to us that ideas take on a special appeal when they become interactive. I just, I don't know what it is about Earthbound. It's so niche and so kitschy that I, I just, I, it's fun. It's just fun for me. Are RPGs your um, favorite kind of game? They're, they're really not, honestly. Um, I, I do enjoy them if it's a good one. Um, when I was younger and first got into video, uh, for video game, well, when I first got in, there was no such thing really because it was on Atari. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, um, you know, as I, I, proceeded into uh, Nintendo and those sorts of things. I really didn't play them as much as platformers. Um, I, I would play every once in a while, but uh, the closest thing really that I got to an RPG would have been, you know, Adventure of Link. Uh, and that, that would have been it um, until Earthbound. Uh, and it just, I had friends that were all about Final Fantasy. They're like, oh, you got to play this Final Fantasy. It's great. It's great. And I'd watch them play and I was like, yeah, it's, it's okay. It's cool. But this one, I think, I think what really caught me was like, that could be you easily, you know, you, you could be Ness and, and, uh, uh it was easy to, I, I guess, identify and put yourself in, in the, in the place of the, the protagonist of the story, you know, aside from the psychic abilities. 
Well, right. Yes. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but it, it didn't stop me from, you know, you know, I was the kid that tried to use the force every chance I got. So I would still try to use my, my side blast. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and I man. Had a baseball. <laughs> so what was your, what was your first, uh, experience? Oh, okay. Actually, before we get to your first experience playing the game, like, did, is this something that you received as a gift or did you beg mom and dad to take you to the store and buy it? How did that work? What was your, what, what was your acquisition of this game? I was just at the, uh, the local, the local video rental place. And I saw this, this picture, um, you know, and today it's, it's horrifying to realize that they cut up the box that it came in <laughs> and put it inside the sleeve of the hard case that they, you know, rented the game in. Um, but, uh, they had the game for, for rent and I, I don't know. I just saw the, the picture on the box. I thought it was cool. And then, uh, I kind of read about it on the back and, uh, I was like, oh, I'm going to try this out. Took it home and I was just amazed. Um, I, I played it, uh, played it overnight. Uh, it was probably the latest that I'd stayed up playing a video game at that point. Cause my parents were pretty diligent on, uh, not letting that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, for whatever reason this that weekend they didn't really say anything so i it just it i it was just fun in a way that that others hadn't been and i don't know like maybe it maybe it was just not a story final fantasy wasn't a story that gripped me but this one did you know it had the sci-fi elements it had uh you know the the kid with the unawakened power or the unrealized power i mean it's you know it's not un-star warsy in that in that respect so you you had it as a rental. You didn't beat it in one sitting, right? Uh, no, 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 no. So no. you you had it as a rental. Did you keep going back and renting it over and over, or did you eventually think, end up buying it? So I rented it a few times, you know, kind of far apart. Um, never really beating it until I want to say when I got into high school was when I found a, a secondhand copy of it somewhere. Um, I I think at the Game Guy in Manhattan. Uh, it's Manhattan, Kansas. It's a video game store that uh, is no longer a thing, but it was really cool. Uh, it was a uh, direct competitor, you know, would have been with Best Buy and Hastings, other rental places, but they specialized just in video games. And they were the only place in town to get, you know, the Japanese imports of games and stuff like that for the, the hardcore gamers. If I couldn't read it, I didn't play it. So, <laughs> but I did have friends that, that uh, they would go get their Japanese import games there. Wow, that's um, awesome. He had a secondhand copy that had the, uh, it was the, what, the deluxe edition, so it had the, the guide, the guidebook as well. The only thing it didn't have was the box, so. I think <laughs> I picked it up for, I think I picked it up for 30 bucks. Just at the local, the Gamers HQ here in Topeka oh, a few months ago, talking with the, the shop owner there, because he's got, he's got the, the actual box that it came in, but he doesn't have um he doesn't have the book and the he doesn't have the book and he's he's got a copy of the game but he doesn't have the guidebook and he's like man if you came and brought that to me i'd probably give you 200 250 dollars for that i was like holy crap would you consider it <laughs> i no, no <laughs> so well if one of you ends up missing either you or the guy <laughs> then we know what happened <laughs> it's cool too because he's got he's got not just the you know the the original art box but he's got uh, one of the big display the store store size display models you know that's like a what three foot by two and a half feet or almost three foot by five foot empty cardboard box it's really cool but yeah i would love to get my hand on the on an original box just so i have the the whole thing but i'm happy with my guide and my my cart so you kept renting this game over and over. You obviously had to re keep restarting because other people were erasing your yep. saves. 
Yeah, well, uh, there were a couple times that I got lucky because um, there's, what, three save slots on it? Mm-hmm. So um, there were a couple times when I'd go in and, and my game was still there if I did, you know, only waited like a week or so between. Um, but it wasn't, I don't think it was super popular enough that I really had to worry about it. Um, I, but I don't think I played it all the way through until I was in high school. I just got quick, you know, when I got my copy. Um, but I, obviously I got better at, at playing those first few levels over <laughs> yeah. and over. <laughs> um, got a little quick. Yeah, there's an old episode of 143 Pixels from Season 1 uh, where uh, Bridget, uh, a friend of mine, Bridget, she she didn't have a memory card for um, Final Fantasy VIII, and so she ended up playing Final Fantasy VIII's intro like over and over and over for a summer until she could save up for... for <laughs> for a memory card for her PlayStation, which is hilarious and super sad at the same time. So tell me about your, your, your first, like your best experience with this game. Like, why is it that you chose this over all of the games that you could have played? Why did you choose this one? You know, I I don't have a real good answer for the why it's just for whatever reason it's it's one of those things where you know like a movie or a song or you know a toy it's it's kids there's 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 an element of kismet to it um i I don't really have an explanation like i know why i go back to it um but as far as well tell me about that um, why do you go back to it it's just it's it's at this point it's kind of like a you know like a worn pair of shoes you know it's it's comfortable it has the fit you know what you you know what to expect from the game, and every time that I play it, I can I can change it a little bit. Like I just restarted um, with my son not too long ago. Uh, I, I started a new playthrough, and um, I I use I used Mia's Ness again, but then like I used Phil from Botched as the dog. <laughs> um, uh, uh, Dennis again. I just used the Botched crew. Dennis became the girl. Uh, I think Tristan, I think Tristan, I let be the, the karate master. Uh, it's just, uh, I don't know. It's, it's fun. It's not one that I ever get tired of, of playing. Like I'll tell you, uh, genre play sometimes burns me out. Um, I went from Knights of the Old Republic to Knights of the Old Republic 2. After that, I picked up, uh, so I went from them, those two, and tried to play Mass Effect and by the time I had played through those, you know, multiple times, because you got to do the light side, dark side, and then as close to gray as you can, Mass Effect comes out, um, gets great reviews. My friends are just all about it. I played a demo. I was in love with the game. And then the game came out, and I just I couldn't do it. <laughs> I was just burnt out on on the RPG. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Earth, Earthbound, I can pick up, and it doesn't matter. And it's good, too, because I can I can pick it up, and I can put it down. I can walk away from it you know, for a few weeks or, you know, up to a month or two, um, come back, pretty much know where I, I left off and then get right back into it. Do you think that's because um, like, you know that game so well, or is it because of the way the game is made? I think it's because of the way the game's made, honestly. I'm sure there's an element of me knowing how how the how the game is played because I played it so many times, but I think it's, it's just a well-thought-out game. The story's compelling. Um, it's... It's not so fantastical as, uh, you know, a Final Fantasy game. Um, it's still rooted. You're, like your powers increase, but n- your your appearance doesn't necessarily. Uh, mm-hmm. And I'm sure that's just the limitation of the, of the game itself. Um, but I think it was a very down to earth RPG, 
or as down to earth of an RPG as you could go with, you know. Um, almost, uh, you know what? It really kind of reminds me of a Maniac Mansion. I think in that uh, in that respect that it's 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 a weird story. It's an odd premise, but there's still uh, there's still an ele- element of normalcy to it. Gotcha. That you it, can. It's relatable. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so like one of the things that I, I like that you like you can go to and, and I okay I have to be honest with everybody I have only played through a little bit of Earthbound it did not grab me the the way I didn't play it when I was a kid I didn't play it until much much later until I was an adult um, and I use the word adult in <laughs> with big air quotes but uh, uh, I I didn't. I have not played very much of this game. What I did play, I found to be really enjoyable. But other things distracted me from really getting into it. So if I'm if I'm wrong on anything, let me know. I like the way that the money is actually dollars, and I also mm-hmm. really liked like. I remember that you go to like pay phones and you call home to save. Is am I remembering that right? Yep. Yeah, there's there's payphones and there's uh if you're at a hotel, I believe the hotels will give you a complimentary call. But yep, that's how you saved as you called mom. Yeah, I I thought I always thought that that was really clever, uh, in the way that because you would usually in in these RPGs as you would go to a church and the you would tell the priest at the church what's going on, but instead you just call mom and you tell mom, mm-hmm. hey, this is what I'm up to and I'm still okay, and then she remembers for you, and I think that that's that's really awesome. So you said you played through it a bunch of times. Were there things that you noticed the first, or I'm sorry, that you didn't notice the first time that like the second, third or 28th time that you've played through, you're like, oh man, like that never occurred to me before. There's a new nugget of information there. Um, I don't know if there was, uh, I mean, not necessarily. I, because I, I feel like when, when you talk about something in respect to that, I almost feel like, watching when you watched Animaniacs as a kid versus when you watch it, you know, five years later. And even when you watch it now with your kids, there's jokes that you weren't kept picking up on back then. Um, and I don't know that there's a lot that I really missed out on. Um, I don't think I appreciated the music in the game as much. It's not that I disliked it, but it, it never really, uh, it was good background music back uh, when I was younger, uh, but now as when the when the music comes up, I'm just like, wow, there's some really uh, like there's some Beach Boys influence in this game that I never really picked up before. Um, so I guess it'd probably just be the uh, it, it's probably the music would be the biggest thing I would say. Do you have is, like uh, a favorite song in the game? Um, I don't know because I don't know all of the track names, so I don't want to sound uneducated for anybody that listens to this and is like, ah, what a poser. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I just, you know, probably just the main theme uh, that, that, well, no, you know what? The, uh, the desert theme, the, the, the desert theme I really like. And uh, I want to say there's a, uh, there's like an Island theme one too. When you're in the vacation, that's, that's, that one's pretty good. The, uh, when you're in the vacation uh, town, cause it's kind of uh Rasta, Esque. Gotcha. What what about the um the the combat? Uh what about the combat that you find compelling? Uh because, you know, you, this is a thing that you have to do a lot in these kind of games where you're just going through menus and stuff and it's you know, for Earthbound it feels a little bit different than other RPGs. 
So I, I will say the combat sometimes uh, aggravates me. Enemies are pretty aggressive in the game early on. Um, so, you know, anything that's above your at your level or above your level is coming at you. So sometimes it's the the reward is not worth it to have to engage, you know, like the dog or the, the crow. Um, so I would just as soon be able to like run away and they always pull me into battle. Uh, I liked the picture in front. Like I like the cartoony pictures of, of the of the enemies. Um, I don't know. I liked, I guess I liked the way it went from, you know, a third person view into a first person view for combat. You know, it's not just that perpetual top down. Uh, so you kind of, uh, as you're going through your attack menu, deciding what attack to use. But again, a downside to it is just leave me alone. Sometimes <laughs> just, I just want to walk away. So you're not a fan of, uh, of, of, of um oh gosh what's the word i'm looking for like random battles in rpgs no i i don't mind them i just when when it's like the 12th one in a row and all i'm getting is one xp for it then i'm <laughs> i'm annoyed <laughs> yeah uh, one xp it's you know like with the crows you have the op you, you have the opportunity to lose an item as they steal from you oh okay oh, okay i have a question about the game uh as somebody who has not played in the very beginning you you know you name your friends and then they're like what's your favorite food and yep. what's your favorite thing and i was always like i don't know what to put for those things do those things do anything in the game uh when you eat your favorite food uh that's um it's uh i want to say it does not just health but psi oh, okay. uh, hp and and um and it's it's typically a better a better result um and also when you call mom she she mentions it she's like oh next time you're home we'll have some cheeseburgers or whatever it is that you name it what about like your favorite thing because they like they ask you what's your favorite thing and i was always like i don't know games i guess you know it's okay so this is where i'm gonna be a poser and i can't remember well that's okay Off the top Listen, we're head. not i didn't have you on the show <laughs> because you're an expert about this game i had you on the show because you're a friend of mine and it's a game that you love. That's the only requirements for being on this show. You don't have to be an expert about it. Uh, I'm an expert on absolutely nothing and I'm on every episode. So don't worry about being a quote unquote poser. <laughs> we already kind of talked about the things about the game that you're not a fan of. What are some of your favorite things about earthbound? Um, as far as like uh, maybe the 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 writing or or the story or the comedy in it, like wh what are the things that stand out to you? Is this is what separates this game from all other games of its genre? So there's a couple a couple little things. There's the aesthetic uh, at the beginning of the game or in the options of the game. Like you can change your menu, you can change the colors. Um, I'm big on. Uh, you know, when I get an app, especially on my phone, I change everything to dark mode or night mode, what, whatever they call it. Uh -huh. um, so it was always nice being able to change between, I, I can't remember what the colors were, like mint and... Uh, strawberry and, and strawberry. peanut butter, I think. Yep. So having that level of uh, customization just on a menu screen is it was, was kind of new to me. Um, there is the trippiness of the powers that are done. Like when you're, when you're fighting an enemy and just how every power has a different, uh, a different effect, which isn't any different than, um, doesn't necessarily any different than any other RPG. But again, you've gone from that third person view to a first person view. So it's the enemies and the background changes, uh, depending on what, or maybe there's an overlay on it. 
Um, and that's those those effects are probably what made me in love with uh, PowerPoint later in life. Uh, like I can't tell you how much, I, <laughs> <laughs> uh, how much uh, image editing that I do in PowerPoint as opposed to uh, to uh, Adobe. It's it's weird. Like it bugs people, and it bugs me to this point too because I know how much easier my life would be if I would just get better at Adobe. But my my go to is always PowerPoint. That's um, funny, and I, th- I think it's the simplicity. Uh, you know, there's the music. The jokes are good. Um, thinking about oh, kind of a hindsight deal. Like there's a there's the two little boys in the first uh, at the beginning. Uh, God, I can't remember his name. Piggy, Piggy, and his little brother. I can't. I think, but it reminds after what you know after being exposed to Harry Potter later in life, you're like, oh my God, this is this is his cousin right here. <laughs> this, oh, okay. This poor, this chubby little bully, I, I, and then you know he ends up being uh, a bigger bad guy later on in the game. Uh, it's so there. There were elements too of almost like a uh, oh because it's kids. So there's that element of Goonies tied into it because it's the kids that are having the adventure. Um, you know, all those those great uh, child is the hero movies that we had when we were a kid. There's a certain elements of that in in this game. Um, now, I always wished that I had gotten into, uh, you know, Earthbound or well, I shouldn't say Earthbound, but Mother 1 and then Mother 3, I think, on Super Nintendo, if it wasn't the 64. I can't remember, but the Japanese releases. Earthbound is essentially Mother 2. It's the sequel to the Nintendo game. Right. Um, but it was never, we never got the, the NES released here. I think you can get English copies uh, from Europe. Um, oh, but I okay. have not... Uh, uh, I've I've kind of looked at them online and in pricing, um, and I want to say they're about uh, between forty and sixty dollars, depending on what you're getting. As far as if you're just getting the cart or if you're getting the instructions in the box, um, nothing nothing out of the that's outrageous. I just haven't uh, plunked down the money yet. Yeah, and I every, also every time Nintendo announces anything, everybody says, "Oh, maybe they're going to talk about Mother this time." Uh, every single time, <laughs> and to me, I'm always like, "Okay, cool." Um, maybe, but I, I have no attachment to it at all. So I keep waiting, uh, but earthbound, you know, I have it on my super Nintendo classic. Um, I, I, I believe that I have it someplace else as well. Um, but I, I have it on the super Nintendo classic and I played a little bit of it and it's definitely cool, but it just had like, I, I live in an era now of so many distractions. It's really hard for me to get into that game. And I always feel guilty because I know everybody who I've ever talked to who has played that game has said how amazing it is. Now, I know that uh, we've talked about this before, uh, the way that you integrate video games in with your kids is that you're making them play all the old stuff and they can't play the new stuff. And you said earlier that 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 you started a new playthrough with your with your son, I think. How is that going with this particular game? Does does it have this does it do you feel like it's appealing as appealing to your your kids as it was to you? No, it definitely isn't. But I mean, that's that's just the way of all the old technology. You know, I mean, we've talked about it before. And we talked about it at Dragon Con. Like I introduced Ben, you know, to Atari first, and then let him have it <clears throat> Nintendo, and then 
we didn't really hit PlayStation 2 or anything because really the only reason I had PlayStation 2 was for the more adult things like Grand Theft Auto 3 and all of those. Um, but we did do uh, Xbox 360 with Infinity and uh, the, uh, Lego Dimensions, things like that. Uh, older stuff, if I turn it on, he'll play it, but it's not something that he typically comes and asks me for. Uh, mm -hmm. He doesn't. He's not. He doesn't engage me about wanting to play it. Um, but if I turn it on or I say, "Hey, I'm going to go play this. Do you want to come play?" and he'll say yes. Um, but you know, we just got a switch for Christmas, so it's all about either Minecraft or uh, let's go Eevee right now. <laughs> gotcha. I understand that. How how far along in the game would you say that he is on this uh, in Earthbound? We are, he is just in the first the first city. So we kind of uh, we kind of dropped off after we started it, and life kind of got in the way. Um, so I'm I'm hoping here later this month, or well, I guess later in January, we'll pull it back out. Um, I'm gonna let the switch die down a little bit, and then pull it back out. Is he so. is he the kind of kid that goes through and beats games mo most of the time, or does he get just, or is he more like me, where he gets distracted by the new shiny? He he gets distracted by the new. Okay. So. Are are you somebody that usually oh well you're a completionist, right? Cuz you talked about um light side, dark side, gray, jedi like the whole way through, right? Not I wouldn't say I'm a completionist, but if there's multiple ways to play through, I do like to give that opportunity just to, to get both sides of the story, but I'm not like I don't have to, you know, complete all of the tasks or achievements things like that cuz I pull my hair out trying to do that. Um, I'm just not as innately good at video games as I think it requires to do that. Um, but I do, I do like to complete a game on the a, a game story uh, as long as this, as long as the game's compelling. You know, um, I don't know if I've talked with you about it, but one of my big uh, turnoffs, I think, to RPGs was I want to say Final Fantasy VII. Was that was seven on PlayStation? Yeah, that was the PS One one with the chocobo races right when they first started yep. i think there was a pretty yeah okay so i remember when that was coming out and all the lead up to it and the big hype was you will need to spend 60 hours to complete this game and i think that was just the base like story it was going to require me to play 60 hours now if i like your game i will play it for 60 hours but i don't want i don't want a game that's going to require me to spend 60 hours to complete the story mode um because if if i'm not behind if i if i'm kind of on the fence about your game and there's you know little things that maybe tug at me but then at the end of the day i'm like you know I, i've still got 40 hours left to go in this thing before i know what the the end result is i'm done um it, it's kind of weird like it's at me being the fan then it kind of puts the video game producers in an untenable position because they're like well i don't know how much game to give this guy then <laughs> yeah I, I get what you're so, saying I mean, I do lean towards sandbox games, but yeah, I mean, it's just, I'll, I'll give you the time that the game justifies, but I don't like being forced into time, I guess. Do you, so, so with Earthbound, how long do, would you, if, if you started a new save today, how long do you think it would be before you finished it? Um, in a life with or without children. Uh, I just, I just meant, uh, game time game time um i could probably have it done in you know 10 or 15 hours okay i think that that's uh, i mean for me from like me personally 
I I kind of feel the same way as you when when they give me too much game I'm like I don't know I'm I never I don't get mad about it I don't I don't get to the point where I'm like I'm not going to play your game because it's too long but what I will do is I will play a game up to a certain point I'll be like all right you know what I've gotten what I need out of this game and so I'm going to move on from it and that means I tend to miss out on a lot of story stuff because games keep getting longer and longer and longer mm-hmm. Uh, so, so I'm kind of with you on that, Chris. I, 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 I think we're comp- compatriots when it comes to, uh, not wanting to spend too much time in a game. I think the sweet spot is probably about 10 hours for me. And I think most people would disagree with that. Yeah, I, I think so too. <laughs> um, I, but yeah, I, I definitely feel comfortable with that, that 10 to 15, if I can get the core story done. Um, cause I'll tell you the game that, that got me back into, you know, an RPG esque game was a uh, dragon age. And I don't know why, I don't know why I had to go from sci-fi to fantasy to get it, to get there. Cause honestly, I still haven't played any of the Mass effect games. They look fun. They look really good, but I, I, I guess I'm of the frame of mind that I'm like, I've already played KOTOR. I don't know that I need another sci-fi RPG to complete my life, but here's this shiny, cool fantasy realm one. Um, I can see and, that. And, and so I think it's it was maybe just a, a different flavor of RPG. Yeah, and I mean, and that's one of the things about Earthbound that is so unique is is it's not fantasy, it's not sci-fi, it's well, I mean, it I guess technically sci-fi, but it, it's something that's so just I, I don't know what the word is for. It's just really weird and kind mm-hmm. of bonkers in the way that that. It just doesn't fit in with anything else, which I I always thought was interesting. Not apparently not interesting enough to get me to play it a bunch, but uh, interesting enough for me to always take notice whenever somebody's talking about Earthbound. Oh, and I just remembered the other place that I have it is on the Wii U because you could buy it on the Wii U a, at some point as a virtual console thing. Mm. I think Phil, I think maybe that's where Phil's got it. I know he's got the Super Nintendo Classic, but for some reason, I think he told me that he got it on the Wii U. Well, um, let me ask you a question. Do you think that Earthbound is the kind of game that would do well today, or is it a game of its time? We'll we'll, We'll pretend that graphics don't matter, and it's just about the game itself and and the moment to moment. Uh, feelings that you get from playing that game. Do you think that this is a game that holds up or is a game that that really needs to be played back then in the day and nostalgia is the only thing that keeps people coming back to it? So I will tell you that before we got the Switch and we got this Let's Go Eevee game, my answers were completely different. If you would have asked me this that same question two weeks ago, I would have said there's probably a nostalgia t- tie to it. But and and I know that we said graphics are are it, that the the question is not, not graphics dependent, but seeing the way that they updated Pokemon Red and Blue for Pokemon Let's Go, mm-hmm. um, like I think that that absolutely would feed into uh, this this game being being. And it's still it's it's still not matched. I I think I, I I'm trying to think of those those oddball games that come out of the woodwork and you they really catch you off guard. But that's 
it's that weird hook that gra- uh, like conquer conquers bad fur day. <laughs> uh, so irreverent and so body and just fun. Um, and it just thumbs its nose at, you know, at, at all these, the, the games of, of, uh, that generation. And it's, it's compelling. And I think that it would be just as compelling today in a world where Deadpool is as successful as he is. Um, I, I think that Conker's has, you know, more life left in him. Uh, it's just about giving matching, I think, uh, graphics and gameplay to the story to be told. And I think there's a wonderful story here. Like, I think this game specifically, if if it just got an update the same way as uh, Red Blue did with with Let's Go, I think would 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 do very well. Because, um, I mean, you think about kids today that play uh, Bash Brothers, and they have no idea who Ness is, but they're introduced to Ness through this. You know, and maybe their dad or their older brother or somebody that, that knows who Ness is, is they're super excited about this Ness guy that they can they can play with. And the kid's like, why? Like, because play this game. <laughs> That's true. But hey, I think I, I think this... Go ahead. I, was gonna say, I think the story is compelling enough. And, you know, and again, there's at least two stories that we in the United States didn't get. So... That's true. That's true. I would love to have, what would you, let me ask you one more question. Which one would you rather have? Would you rather have the trilogy released as like a, a pack? So like, uh, you know, it comes out, you can go to the store, you buy it and it's got all three games on the cartridge. Or would you rather have Earthbound remade kind of like uh, the, the way that you said that Pokemon Let's Go was remade? Oh man. Uh <laughs> That is a that's a that's a that's a good question. Um, yeah, and I, I wish I wish I could answer that definitively. So you you, uh, you just you can't make a decision between those two things. Can't. Um, Sophie's choice. I, yeah, Sophie's. I I didn't want to say because I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, I was gonna say I wish I spoke more German so that I could you know just give you the lines. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, no, uh, I really just i haven't so i haven't played pokemon let's go but as as i watch the kids play it or let's go pokemon as i watch the kids play it i'm just like wow i remember doing this you know at a top down view and being you know pretty much and enthralled with it as these kids are and and i i don't know that i could put i don't know that i could put that game boy in their hands and them have as much a connection to it as they do with this um and just thinking about all the different things they could do too, because there's, you know, the motions that you could do now that they could integrate into the game. I, I really, man, I should say that I want to get away from this property, but, or, you know, this specific game, but I, I almost, I think I'm leaning towards an update, honestly. Like uh-huh. I would love to have the three, but I think I can get those through other means. Well, there you have it. If Chris makes the decisions, then we're going to get an updated. <laughs> Uh, Earthbound rather than the trilogy. And so you all can send all your hate mail or or <laughs> praise him uh, in all the ways that I said at the beginning of the show. Uh, listen, Chris, this was really, really fun, and I'm glad that you wanted to be on the show. So thank you very much for agreeing to join me. Uh, each episode, I try and have my guest close out the show by saying our motto, which is resolution doesn't matter. Resolution doesn't matter.
The theme song for 143 Pixels is Through a Cardboard World by Tony Lays. You can find more of their music at tonylays.bandcamp.com. If you want to follow the show on Twitter, you can find it at Pixels143. And if you want to follow me, I'm at RunJumpStomp. This show is part of the Giant Size Team Up Network. For more information, head on over to gstu.net.